Well, let's talk Predator, if you're ready. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Welcome to Predator Minute, the podcast that breaks down the 1987 action, sci-fi, slasher, classic, Predator, one minute at a time. I'm John Zabriskie. And I'm Jeff Glover. And thank you so much for joining us on Minute 42 of Predator. Minute 42, you call, of course, the Jackie Robinson of Minutes, breaking that color barrier in baseball. Robinson waits. Here comes the pitch. And there goes a line drive to left field. Swan is after it. He leaps the over his head against the wall. Here comes Gilliam scoring. Oakland wins. Jackie Robinson is being pummeled by his teammates. Of course. course. Very nice. Yeah. A a historical moment. Probably the most notable of the 42s is Jackie Robinson, but 42 going through the sports books about who wore number 42, it's it's a hefty list with a lot of Hall of Famers from different sports, a lot of notable names. It's interesting after having quite a few numbers where it was kind of hard to come up with good athletes representing those numbers here and there. We hit upon 42 and all of a sudden that just blows up, whether you're owing that to Jackie Robinson or just that being a nice, even, easy to remember number. Mo Vaughn. Yes. Oh, there you go. Mariano. I love Mo Vaughn. I love Mo Vaughn. He's one of my favorites back in the 90s. Yeah. Mariano Rivera. Uh, Hall of Famer Ronnie Lott. That's a football player. It is. All right. Anyway, we're talking minute forty-two predator. Minute forty-two predator. <laughs> oh yeah, predator. <laughs> Maybe not as, as existential, but it opens with Anna mm. fleeing and ends with Hawkins' blood spraying across Anna's face. Oh man. Oh. Well, we'll get to it, but sad ending to this minute. Yes. Oh. Downer ending, yeah. you would call it. Yeah. 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 So we've just uh, at the end of the last minute. Uh, Anna grabbed her slog and just Ooh. and whacked. Uh, uh, she hit Whack. Poncho right in the face. Mm-hmm. Whack! Broke it across yeah, his face. Whacked Poncho in the face. And so she just takes off down the hill. This is her second escape attempt. This one, a little more successful. Mm-hmm. And uh, runs down the hill. And the camera quickly shows us, gets a reaction shot from Hawkins that sees her run. We get a quick reaction shot from uh, Dutch and Billy, I like the I like that shot. They both turn oh, like almost like in unison with their guns. Yeah, yeah. and uh, after that, we go into uh, a chase sequence. So before we get deep into the chase sequence here, do you have anything to add about the the first six or seven seconds here this minute? Uh, this is a new musical track that Alan Silvestri is putting into the movie. It's called "The Girls mm. Escape." And um, the whole track, The Girl's Escape, is six minutes long and includes this chase and the aftermath of the chase and what we see at the end of this minute. But um, this particular chase music I found really catchy and really, really drove the action, really matched cut for cut, shot for shot, this whole chase between Hawkins and Anna and our predator now watching and chasing after. And so I think it's the shots are edited in such a way to make you feel the pace, make you feel the quickness and the suspense. And then as the predator is chasing um, the predator's own visor sound effects matches really well with the music. Um, The do, 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 (laughs) do. (laughs) 
big fan. Yeah, of it. yeah. I, that's a good point about the score, or the the track that they bring in. I like how when this sequence starts, she starts running down the hill, and we get some establishing shots, and we get some quick predator vision. Mm-hmm. But once she really starts to take off, it switches into predator vision right around like second 12, 13. Mm-hmm. It switches into predator vision and the score drops out and all you hear is like that predator vision track, you know, that score. Yeah. Um, and and it it's, it's like a pause. It's like a break in the sound design and you just see on a running across the screen in the predator vision and then it does that for a couple seconds and it cuts right back to honor running and that score jumps right back in Mm -hmm. and just taking that little break with the predator vision and and dropping the score out for a couple seconds and then bringing it back in really sort of punctuates it and like when it comes back in you really notice it and it just sort of kicks off this chase scene in a really great way yeah i like it a lot part of what keeps it's kind of like fooling to the ears part of what keeps you um not totally forgetting the music in, in my mind in my ears is that when it switches over to the predator vision, you're still hearing the heartbeat, the thump, 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 and they're matching that really yes. well to the actual yeah. chase music, the, that horn acting as a beat that and then the heartbeat comes on the dun, 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 dun. I think that matches yeah, really it's just well. like a continuation of the drum track mm-hmm. of the, of the percussion kind of, yeah, it's really great. Um, I one last note before we move on. Um, when I heard this, I couldn't help but think of uh, this Super NES game from back in the day, Contra Three. I don't know if you played any of that. Ooh, I never played Three. I don't think. Okay, it's yeah. it's it's worth a play. It's like yeah. the original Contra just kicked up a notch. Um, they're not trying to do too many fancy things, uh, but they're keeping the action heavy and like the weapons various and the the tracks are really really good and this is hmm. a, a track this one the girls escape from predator um i feel like country three borrowed it heavily for their last stage of that game mm. um, there's like one segment towards the very very end of that game yeah where you hear that I'll drop that in here for comparison between this, between that and the movie. <laughs> yeah. But I was doing, when yeah. I was doing my research, I was clicking back and forth and couldn't help but notice uh, that similar, that similar beat, similar rhythm. That's great. Nice pull. Way to think back on Contra 3. Mac. I'm impressed. Yeah. <laughs> back. Mac. 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 Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> All right. So what do, what do we have next? Unless you have something else to add? No, uh, we really kind of get into the, the chase sequence mm-hmm. here uh, after minute seven or eight. And, you know, Dutch gives the whistle and the hand signal for Hawkins to give chase. Um, and then for the next 30, 35 seconds or so, we get a pretty great chase sequence. And the camera, it, it rotates. If you pay attention, it actually rotates sort of in order between our three characters. Mm-hmm. And it will follow on a running and then cut to Hawkins running behind her, chasing her, and then cut to Predator Vision as he's watching all of this go down. And it cycles through that, I think, two times. And in the meantime, we get a bunch of really great camera work here, uh, in particular when they're they're following Anna and also when they cut to Hawkins. It's this kind of 
super fast. I don't know. I, I, I'm not a filmmaker, so I don't know how you would describe this kind of shot, but where it's just following Anna through the woods or Anna through the woods and Anna's in the trees, but the camera's sort of in the front of the trees. And I can't tell if it's a person holding a steady cam and running or if they have the camera on a dolly or on a track following her along, but it really gives the impression that she's moving quick. Yeah, it's blur of motion of the um, foliage in the front really, really gives the scene speed and like kinetic feeling um, where you, you can you can feel the speed that in the 35 or so seconds this chase entails that they're going to end up far enough away from the group for stuff to go down that the group is not going to um, be privy to. Mm, yeah. Yeah, you, you mentioned like the rotation throughout. Um, the, there are different parts where at first the predator vision is kind of far away observing and maybe moving alongside in the trees or I don't know. Um, from a, a good height. Um, and then yeah. there are different shots, especially towards the end when uh, Hawkins cuts off on and jump tackles her uh, yeah. right, right before then the predator vision is showing right before, right behind Hawkins. So it's this kind of evolution of how close the predators um, choosing to be to uh, these others. And at this point, it's uh, about as close as you can be up till what do we say at the end of the chase about second 44 yeah, it's a good point because each predator vision shot gives us a slightly different perspective, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you're around uh, second twenty-five or so. It's it's from up above, and you can tell the predator's pretty far away, still probably up in the trees. And then the next time we come back to him, it's a it's much closer. You get the sense that predator is just right behind some is now on the ground right behind some bushes uh tracking these two running through the jungle mm-hmm. and then right before we get to the final sequence here it's he's right there he's right on the ground watching them yeah um and just yeah. to mention the predator vision at the very beginning of this minute about second two um you see the live shot before the predator vision you see the live shot of dutch and billy turning to face uh the chase Um, Mm -hmm. And then it cuts right to Predator Vision as they're turning and aiming their weapons in that direction. Um, And the Predator Vision is showing Predator is starting to track Anna running away. And what's fading out in the foreground is what the Predator was originally looking at in Billy and Dutch. And you even see them turning in the Predator Vision. I think that's some fantastic editing and continuity for as hard as it is to do action movies like that, where you're keeping everything stitched together and flowing from cut to cut. I think that's an excellent example and you don't really i I would say it's not really something you're going to notice unless you're watching this minute by minute something like a small little detail of like arnold turning in the infrared to match his live action turning yeah no the care the the continuity here and the camera work is is pretty fucking phenomenal Mm -hmm. like you're right like when it cuts to the predator vision and and starts tracking anna there at the very beginning of the minute and then cuts back it's almost seamless like you see anna running in the predator vision and then boom, it just cuts right to her live action running. And although the, the, in the predator vision, she's further away and in the regular one, she's closer to the camera. She's in the same position, like on the screen and it just flows perfectly. Mm -hmm. Um, And that happens throughout this whole sequence. It's really expertly done and and really helps to elevate the tension and the suspense because you have Anna being chased by Hawkins and you are wondering, is she going to get away? And if she doesn't get away, what's going to happen? And then while this is happening, you're like, oh, shit. But the predator is, or whatever this monster is, or alien is, <laughs> which you don't really know if you've never watched this before, 
is watching them from the trees. And what the hell is going to happen here? And in every sequential cut to the predator vision, it gets closer and closer to the action. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really expertly put together uh, to, to really build the suspense and the action in a really great way. Yeah. I, I do want to pause and give uh, Elpidia Creo playing Anna a lot of credit for her, her physical acting here. She is running Mm -hmm. full tilt through the jungle this is real jungle keep in mind and the landscape if you remember from previous minutes is pretty much all um, inclines and declines there's not a lot of flat space and you can see where they pull away a little bit uh, from shot to shot where you're reminded oh they're going either uphill or they're going downhill all this time whether you're right wherever you're running in the jungle you're in this particular jungle you're going uphill or downhill so uh, not only that but she's Either she has her hands bound or she has to run as if her hands are bound, which must be oh, yeah. super difficult. Um, yeah. Hawkins is wearing a pack, which honestly, pack, pack. honestly, uh, at movie magic, <laughs> you could say we can, you know, make that pack really light and make it look like it yeah. has weight. But uh, having the hands bound or acting like your hands are bound, like that's something you just do. Where if, if she started pumping her arms, all of a sudden you'd be a little bit. Oh yeah, like what? You'd be taken aback about how her hands become unbound, but no, they're they're bound through this whole scene and for the next few minutes, and I think for the next, geez, uh, halfway through this second act that we're just now starting. If a camera was following you while you ran through the jungle, how far would you make it before you fell flat on your face? Do you think? <laughs> <laughs> because I think I would last maybe five seconds. Yeah, especially something like this where it's just like vines and ferns aplenty. I don't think I would be making that far, especially either wearing a big pack or pretending like my hands are bound or in fact having the hands bound. I'm just imagining myself running and the camera's following me and all of a sudden <laughs> I just go down and the camera keeps going forward but then it has to stop and then come back. And there I am like flat as a pancake on the ground. It has to pan down to you. You just lay in there. Right. Pan down. <laughs> the pressure is and like, nah, moan. no sport. No sport. <laughs> I'm just moaning. Yeah, the predator <laughs> looks at me and is like, oh, fucking weakling. <laughs> no sport. <laughs> When's the last time you went to the gym? <laughs> or don't exercise. <laughs> I don't exercise. <laughs> I don't exercise. <laughs> so credit to our actors here for uh, really throwing themselves into the scene. Pretty impressive. Yeah. Have you ever had to, to ask you a question? Have you ever had to chase someone, not necessarily through the jungle or like a forest? Have you ever had to just like give chase to somebody, not in sports either? Just like think of outside those times. I know it's like a unique experience to chase yeah. or be chased, but you know, it happens. I was, uh, I, my my oldest daughter is, is five. Mm. Uh, when she was like three and a half, I, I took her to a park that's near where I live, kind of like a state park mm-hmm. that has a, uh, it's like a half mile little trail that goes from the park down to the edge of a lake. Mm-hmm. And I thought it would be kind of a fun kind of mini hike for us to do. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was, we were doing something. I was up at at the trailhead, kind of getting the pack ready. And uh, I turned around and she had just started running down the trail. Mm. (laughs) And, uh, you know, she's three and a half and just running full bore. And uh, I was yelling her name and she wasn't uh, responding or turning around. So I had to sprint after her before she just ate it. Right, Pretty quickly, this trail got kind of steep going down to the water. 
that's the first thing that comes to mind. <laughs> I had to chase after my daughter just to make sure she didn't smack her face into the ground yeah. like I would have if I was running through the jungle. <laughs> was this on the but, uh, um, no. Burke Gillen Trail? Uh, no, this okay. was at uh, St. Edward's Park, St. which is a state park near where I live that's by Lake Washington. Okay. But uh, I can't, I'm trying to think of a something more dramatic that I had to chase someone. I, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Do you have a chase story? I mean, it's, that- I feel like it's a rare scenario where as an adult, you're ever really having to chase somebody <laughs> if you're not like yeah. in a gang or something like that. Just, I mean, yeah, the, the parental chase happens here and there. I imagine it'll happen more as our kids grow up together and like, I don't know, maybe wrestle a little bit too <laughs> roughly with each other. Uh, I think the only thing I could think of was like when there was a fight at our school a few years ago, I remember having to like run down the yeah. hall real fast to like see if I could cut off the person who was uh, trying to find someone else to fight. Oh, I love it when kids run away. That's just an excuse to chase. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. I didn't think of that at, at work. Uh, yeah. Don't run. <laughs> they always, they always <laughs> run. <laughs> Everybody runs for uh yeah kids are so dumb <laughs> we used to uh, we uh, for a short time we worked together at our mm-hmm. at a school we no longer do but uh when we were there there was a special special education program that had students there with unique behavior issues yes and there were a couple times that i would like step out of my classroom and i just see a kid like whew, like fly by and then I'd look back to the right and like there's the vice principal like running with a walkie-talkie in their hands and I was like oh it's one of those days yeah <laughs> yeah I've seen, I've seen that I, I remember yeah. working as a sub at uh, Echo Glen um, uh, over. Oh shit! You did that. Yeah, over yeah. one summer, and I never had to pick up the white or the red phone ever, thankfully. But there was uh, the time or two when I would poke my head out of the class, and I would hear a commotion, and you see the admin running, sprinting, like the plus the security <laughs> guard sprinting towards whatever classroom had picked up the right color phone. Yeah. Oh man, I'd, I've never been to Echo Glen. Uh, for the listeners out there, Echo Glen is like a it's a, a kind of a juvenile detention public school. Yeah. Is that how you would describe that's, it? That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. So interesting stories there. Yeah, some good stories there. Um, but anything before we move on? That's oh, the extent ahead. of my... Uh, no, I just that's the extent of my chase stories. Sorry, I don't have anything more exciting. Oh, no, it's okay. Yeah. I, I think my last part uh, of this middle i have a couple ones uh, but i really like dutch's new hand signal and his whistle uh the yes. imdb goofs <laughs> point out that he's not actually moving his mouth when he whistles but i mean i don't really care i just like the sound and the um yeah the whatever the point like you go you rookie you, you chase on a yeah no that's great that's kind of like the the fist in the air we talked about yes. a, a little bit ago yeah yeah just reminding you even like this chaotic moment who's in charge uh, of the team and and he's keeping a calm demeanor he's not losing uh sanity or not losing sanity he's not losing control or freaking out he's just clinically calling out a command with his uh hand and his whistle all right so we've been beating around the bush here a little bit are we ready yeah. to get to the last act of this minute? act yeah, much, much like yeah, yeah, much like the predator, we've been just kind of hanging back and watching all this. And this is this is a time when our, our observer, our, our fellow watcher of this movie, becomes an active participant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you want right. to take us through, sure. So uh, we get Hawkins jump tackles Anna, mm-hmm. Anna to the ground. They struggle for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hawkins stands up and points a gun in her face. Uh, says something like, "Please." 
please don't, uh, in kind of a merciful way, kind of saying, please don't run away, don't struggle, I don't want to have to do anything to hurt you. Mm-hmm. Please! Um, and then they both fall silent as they hear a clicking sound. They look to the side, and we get our first shot of the shimmer mm. of the Predator camouflage, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. And Hawkins yells, <laughs> and then all we see is Hawkins fly out of the screen, and and Anna is Anna's face is sprayed with blood, presumably Hawkins. Yeah, we we, we hear really good heartbreaking uh, death cry here from Hawkins. Just, yeah. uh, just oh, chills uh, when when you hear it because you you know you're knowing what we know later that it's his last, like the last or last line of Hawkins. Uh, but we'll 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 pay more tribute to Hawkins next minute because that's when we deal more with the aftermath but yeah we're uh losing our first team member uh in the movie first team member yeah. goes down yeah oh okay hang on a second john <laughs> i'm gonna walk away from the mic for just a minute but you, you can still hear me here. Yeah, i can hear you this is live yes this is here live <laughs> All right. Everyone's still there. <laughs> We're all still here. All right. Got my glass. I'm going to I'm going to pour a little out here. Ah, uh, this one's for Hawkins. This is for Hawkins. And I know that this continues into next minute, so I'm just going to continue drinking for 8 days and then until we start recording. Again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's your duty, you know. It's paying yeah. paying respects. You, you got to do what you got to do. Oh, that's not nearly enough. All right. I need a little bit more here. Okay, so do you have a, a, a beer or a, a glass of something over there? Uh, I'll, I don't have one, but I'll, I'll, I'll pretend like I do right now. All right, so I'm going to raise a glass here. We're going we're gonna to cheers. We'll do this again next minute when we really uh, get into it. But uh, yeah, This will be like a, a trial one. run of our cheersing. Yeah. Uh, a toast, right, so I guess. This, this one's for Hawkins. R.I.P. Rick Hawkins. You're a, a good radio operator <coughs> slash rookie slash dirty joke teller. Mm, so many dirty jokes. So many dirty jokes. R.I.P. Uh, Hawkins. R.I.P. All right. Ooh, that's good. Uh, it's Jack Daniels again. Hey, what? Yeah. <laughs> Jack Daniels. <laughs> Jack Daniels. Jack Daniels. <laughs> uh, I had so it was so good on ice before. I thought I'd uh, break that out. Hey. <laughs> <clears throat> Should probably let the ice melt together. <laughs> uh, yeah, just give it a give it a minute. Uh, I like I like uh, just giving Hawkins some credit here. Gives uh, Anna a good flying tackle uh, to the leafy he ground. Does. Yeah. I thought if you had to name it, you'd name it something like I don't know the flying hawk or the hawk slam or <laughs> uh, hawka shaka. <laughs> You smell the hawk is cooking, you know. Everybody's favorite lines. Yeah, yeah, they're they're they're, uh, they're, they're struggling, and uh, he's pointing the gun in her face, which I flying hawk <laughs> gives the old flying hawk. R.I.P. Flying hawk. He's pointing he's pointing um, the gun in her face, and that totally reminded me of just a couple minutes ago when Ponchito was pointing his gun in her face, and I thought like this is not the way to calm a prisoner down. Like you point, true. pointing a gun right in their face, yeah. telling them like, hey, please, please. And you and I were talking about this uh, off mic, but or off recording. But his, his pleas is really reminds uh, me of like trying to keep 
your own kid calm, like in a in a kind of hectic situation or a quiet yeah. environment, <laughs> and you know they're just they're they're gonna erupt. So you're just trying to like plead with them, like please, please, like we'll when you buy a fruit snacks. Grab them by the shirt <laughs> and you, you go. Please, please, please! Don't throw it. Read the room. <laughs> Not the place. <laughs> so true. So I gotta ask you, what do you think about the our first shot of the shimmer here? The special effects. You know, this is from nineteen eighty. 87 mm-hmm. right yep. 1987 what do you think about it does it hold up does it uh it's our first shot of it does it look cheesy campy uh what are your thoughts here uh, i could see someone make an argument for it being cheesy campy but i just love how if you're watching this the first time that shows up for maybe three quarters of a second you are yeah it's to- really fast. totally thrown off uh, what it really reminds me of and this probably is an homage to it uh, is the alien making its first appearance in the movie alien um, yeah. i believe the first time it makes its appearance is when it's jumping out through the vent at uh what's his name tom scarrett right oh tom scarrett yeah that him in the vent and they're they're watching the beep um on the monitor and it just like i think it just disappears the beep does and like what you see from his perspective is the alien like jumping out almost to hug him and you see it so quick for less than a second but it is so affecting in that this is like our first view of this thing and it looked terrible. And if I had to pause it and rewind it in the movie theater, I, I totally would to have a better understanding. But the more I watch it, the less I feel like I know what the shape is they're trying to convey. Because um, if I remember correctly, this isn't necessarily the costume shot. This might be still the red costume that Van Damme might have been in. Mm. The, the problem is McTiernan is really not giving anything in this commentary in this Part, and he really should be. It'd be really nice to have some good behind the scenes. He is, in fact, quiet for this entire minute of the movie Come on the on, commentary. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But that, um, that's what I think. I think it's a good disorienting shot to introduce you to just, if you're being attacked by this creature, what it must be like, not be able to know what you're looking at or know where to look or know the shape or the color or yeah. right your, your, your identity of, your, uh, of the attacker. What, what do you think? I, I'm on your side. I love it. I I am not one to criticize special effects mm-hmm. 30 years later right. because they don't quite hold up to today's standards. I I more look at does it is it effective in the scene? Mm-hmm. Does it add or does it take away from the scene? You know, does it pull you out of the movie or does it draw you in closer? And I I think in all three cases, like this, you're surprised by it. Uh, it it kind of shocks you because you're not expecting it. And uh, for those two reasons, it, it draws you into the scene because you want to know what, what the heck's going to happen next. And you make a really good point that it happens super fast. Mm-hmm. Like you're right. It is like less than a second. So any, you don't really have time to think about it. It just comes on screen and it's this shimmery body that's moving towards the camera. And we get a really fast predator vision shot of Hawkins face, which looks kind of funny, by the way, if you pause <laughs> yeah. it right there, he looks kind of like a hippie with glasses on. Yeah. Uh, Why are the glasses blue then, in this shot? Shouldn't they be just as red or maybe they're like super cold, like compared to the rest of his body. But yeah, his glasses are totally blue. It looks uh, like a GI Joe action figure in that shot. Yeah, it totally <laughs> does. But then right after that, it we just get the death scream and the blood splattering all over Anna. Mm-hmm. 
So I, I, I think it works really great. I, I love it. Yeah. I, I think it was a really smart choice. Yeah. And to, to, to show the predator that fast for the very first time, mm-hmm. just to keep you guessing. And here we are minute 42 into the movie. I, I can't imagine a modern day movie like that where they're going to hold off on the monster. And again, we're only seeing the invisible part of the monster. It's still going to be a while before we see the actual monster, the actual yeah. hunter. Um, and all we're, that's the most we've seen. We've seen the hand in his own infrared vision, and we've seen this little shimmer for, uh, like we talked about, a second or less than a second. And that's all you've seen in the first uh, more than more than a third of the movie. We're talking what two fifths of the movie so far. Yeah, okay. yeah. So this is the first predator kill mm-hmm. that that we right? see on screen. <clears throat> that we see on screen. Right. That's true. And we don't really know uh, because it happens off camera. How, how do you think? The predator is is well. I guess we could fi- we find out later. Mm-hmm. But uh, if you're a first time watcher of this movie, you don't quite know how the predator has just grabbed Hawkins or killed Hawkins in the moment. Right. You don't know if it's his hand or if it's a, a weapon. So I don't know if that's something you thought about or something you remember thinking about when you first watched this movie. Yeah, I always I always thought it was just like him grabbing Hawkins with his his like clawed hand. Ooh, just like his straight up claws, huh? Yeah, that's what I always thought. Like when I when I first saw it, when I was like young. one of those monster Muppet hands, <laughs> right? Phenomena, <laughs> phenomena, <laughs> uh, or like you know the 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 beast in Big Trouble in Little China. It had some gnarly mm. features. I think it had some big clawed hands, and yeah, I can imagine something like that taking almost like a grizzly swipe at somebody and uh, tearing tearing them a new one. Because if yeah. if we're thinking that's the claws, the problem there is that for whatever reason, later on in the movie, when Carl Weathers uh, is killed by the predator, you see the claws on the invisible body, which is uh, it's an interesting choice, and maybe that's how it always is, yeah. but. Yeah, if that's the case, that the claws are just sheathed for now. Yeah, that's that's a powerful rip. Mm. Obviously, Hawkins is not ready for it. There's no showdown. There's no like awareness until the very last second that something else is there. Um, so it's it's yeah, it's in essence, it's also the team's first contact uh, with the alien. Yeah. It's, it's very short contact uh, because Anna is going to be catatonic uh, for a, a good portion of the scene next. Uh, to follow yeah well poor Anna just gets splattered with that blood like that's traumatizing yeah. gross uh, I, li- I like the uh, predator introducing itself to the conversation with uh, the clicks and I was wondering do you, oh, do you yeah. think it's saying something do you think it's just kind of like hyped for the hunt it's like it's it's finally happening so it's you know uh, allowing itself a little bit of a voice yeah I always took that to be kind of like his version of a little growl mm. You know, just like, a, you know, I, I can't make the noise myself, but it, it that doesn't feel like anything that's uh, any actual language. It just feels like a, a growl or a, a grunt, yeah. you know, his version of it. Yeah, and we've sure. said this before, but the predator voice is provided by Peter Cullen, who voiced Optimus Prime in the mm. original Transformers cartoon. Autobots, transform and roll out. And movie and the current movies still he's doing that voice and a multitude of other voices and it's fun to hear him talking about doing the predator voice because he'll still do like the the clicks and the voice a little bit they were going to roll down to the very end of the film where the predator takes off his headgear and you're going to see the face and all that stuff and when they did that i saw this ugly ugly face and these tentacles like going like this and and it reminded me 
of a upside down horseshoe crab dying in a in the sun on a beach when I was a kid. <laughs> It was nasty. But from that horseshoe crab was coming all this crackling sounds, bubbles coming out that were bursting, you know. I could remember it. So I don't know if I can do them now, but I thought, okay. That's awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Um, so we were talking about we don't really know how Hawkins is killed off in this scene. And in fact, we never learn spoiler alert in, in the movie. We just kind of have to infer. Uh, but the script, yeah. uh, the script just calls it an energy weapon, um, <laughs> which is not very, it's not for, not, not forthcoming with the information much. It just calls it an energy weapon. It's pretty vague because I think when this hmm. script was being written, um, Jim and John Thomas, the screenwriters, were probably thinking that, hey, this is something that we'll fill in while we're filming. We'll do some cool special effect and add it on later. Right. We don't really know. I don't know. I, I, another cool thing I liked from this script difference was that in the script, as they are struggling, Hawkins and Anna look over to where the predator is coming out of the jungle in the camouflage and they see the flash of the yellow eyes that that's one that i could either take here or leave here um i like the idea of the eyes um but also like the idea of the eyes first showing up when mac uh sees blaine take mac, mac, mac sees blaine taken out yeah yeah no I, th- I think the the choice in the in the film is is the is a good choice like having the just the blood splatter there mm-hmm. And uh, leaving it a little open-ended. I always love a good blood splatter on the wall. <laughs> no or kidding. Across the face. Like, that's a good effect. You know, all you need is a squirt bottle and some red stuff. And boy, it just tells a story, doesn't yeah. it? <laughs> Didn't you have a story about how Richard Rodriguez did the fake blood in uh, his movie, in his Grindhouse movie? Did he do Planet Terror? Was that him? Oh, yeah. Uh, Robert Rodriguez? Yeah. Robert Rodriguez. I said Richard Rodriguez. Yeah. Be, uh, college football coach, Richard yeah. Rodriguez. Also directs <laughs> Grindhouse movies. <laughs> I uh, No, I just love... Uh, yeah, I think I, I talked about uh, Grindhouse. Was it last episode or a couple mm-hmm. minutes ago? Uh, yeah. I just love the, the special effects in that movie. That movie's so gooey. Like, there's just mm-hmm. blood and goo everywhere and there's so many great scenes where a, a zombie is either blown up or hit with a car or hit with a bat and like <laughs> blood and guts just fly across the screen and it's all practical and it's so great like oh man they, they don't make them like they used to <laughs> so I, I think i think rodriguez in some making of uh, talked about having like a projectile shooter just for that reason of mm. when you had to have that spray. He had like chunks of stuff in there. I forget what it was. He had a specialized tool just for yes. spraying blood and entrails. Oh, yeah, I'll man. have to. I'll have to look up the name of that. But it, it was kind of fun to hear about that. And um, I don't remember if they showed footage of them actually using it, but I remember just them explaining how they. I use would it not be surprised. Fired upon the actors. Yeah, that sounds the like footage something. and the reactions. <laughs> that sounds like something he would do. His movies do have a lot of blood flying all over the place. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, have we done it? Did we round out this minute and adequately uh, honor Hawkins in his demise? I think so. Um, I think uh, the last thing I had was just in general talking about uh, an antagonist or a bad guy who is camouflaged, uh, either invisible or just really well hidden in a movie or show. I was wondering if you had any examples that came to mind of the evil force or the bad guy or the antagonist who 
is invisible oh, to the audience invisible? or to yeah oh, the protagonist. Man. Oh gosh, do you have one? Like, give me a minute to think. I, <laughs> sure. I, feel, I feel like I, I feel like I have one, but I can't quite place it. I'm trying to think of a famous invisible. Yeah, the one that popped into my mind for whatever reason was way back in the day being a uh, DuckTales fan. I don't know if you watched DuckTales back in the day. Oh, do you mean DuckTales? Woo. Yeah, I, it's absolutely what I mean. Um, but that that popped in my head as something that was like scary. I didn't watch a lot of I didn't watch scary movies as a kid. I watched cartoons, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, Ducktales, there was one episode particularly where the gang was all at uh, a Scottish castle, I think. And it was a classic Scooby Doo trope of someone was trying to scare away everybody by acting like an invisible ghost. Mm. But the way it was all done. I don't know, for whatever reason. And I had seen lots of episodes of Scooby-Doo and never scared me in Scooby-Doo. But for some reason, DuckTales did it so well where I was just like peeing my pants scared um, (laughs) (laughs) of like of the way that they're presenting, you know, this uh, this antagonist, this bad guy um, who just turned out to be using like an invisible powder. But up until then, I remember being just scared so bad, like watching that by myself. I, I couldn't. Yeah. It's just so scared. Oh man, I don't remember that Ducktales episode. Yeah, man, I can't. I, I'm having racking my brain because I feel like I there's one in. Oh, I just got it. I got yeah. it. Yeah. All right. So the one that I was able to think of was the bad guy or the I guess I'm trying to think what you call it the demon the possessed bad guy in the movie It Follows. Have you ever seen It Follows? I haven't. There's very little chance I'd see it. It looks so scary. <laughs> it is. It is quite scary. But uh, there is a scene where the. It's hard to explain. The there's a, an entity that can transfer itself from one human body to the next. Uh, mm-hmm. And there's a great scene where teenagers in question, the teenagers that are trying to survive, have run to this like community pool in their hiding there and the this this demon this uh entity is invisible and um they don't know where it's coming from and all the stuff all of a sudden stuff starts flying into the pool Mm. one of the friends gets grabbed by the ankle and dragged into the pool but you can't see what's doing it Mm -hmm. Uh, and the effects are really really awesome and the the water's splashing all around but you don't see what's splashing it yeah so if if anyone out there has never seen it follows oh man that's a really great a scary movie, great horror movie. So check that out. It follows. Uh, I did have a couple examples of protagonists uh, utilizing invisibility to their advantage. Uh, one okay. would be, yeah, uh, one would be, oh, I just had it. Okay. The obvious one would be Bilbo Baggins and later on Frodo Baggins and oh, The Hobbit yeah, and The Lord call. of the Rings yeah. stories. Uh, and the Harry Potter series, you had the invisibility cloaker. I forget what it was called. There's, I think there's a name to it. Let me see. Yeah, I think it's just called the Cloak of Invisibility or the Invisibility Cloak. Nerds can correct me if they like. That sounds right. <laughs> nerds. <laughs> Help us out, nerds. <laughs> Help us out, nerds. Help me. <laughs> I think that's all I have for the minute, if you are good too. Oh, last thing. Uh, our, oh. Kill count, our kill count is... Oh, kill count. Updated for music. The, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, our kill count is updated for the first time in a long time. Long, long time. time. Long time. A long time. We are now at 93 so far. That would be 92 killed before this minute, and then one sadly at the end of this minute in Hawkins. Oh, Hawkins. Hawkins. Oh. 93. So add to that kill count. And I don't think we're done adding to that kill count. I, I have the sense that 
don't know, maybe the hunter who just took out Hawkins is also going to strike Anna or it's going to go after the rest of the team, but pretty heartbreaking what happens here. Some shit's going down, John. Yeah. It's going down. Shit just got real. Shit just got real. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Go ahead. What do you have to recommend, Jeff? Okay. Oh, weekly recommends. All right. Uh, I'm going to go off here on a little kind of two-part recommend. Uh, John, you and I were talking uh, before we started recording this. That uh, You know, as a movie watcher, a movie lover, you mm-hmm. watch as much stuff as you can. But there's always going to be those those blind spots, those movies that you've never seen before that you're almost too en- embarrassed to admit that you've never seen. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I had one of these, and I don't know how this movie has escaped me all these years. I love 80s action movies. I know this movie was on cable all the time when I was a kid. For whatever reason, I never, I've seen little bits and pieces of it. I've never watched the whole thing. And that is Patrick Swayze's masterpiece, Roadhouse. 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 Yeah, the double deuce. <laughs> Are you? Have you seen Roadhouse, John? I assume you have. I mean, a long time ago. A long time ago. Yeah. There's a so I watched, throat rip uh, scene, so <laughs> that's the big one I remember. <laughs> the throat rip is insane. <laughs> yeah. What the hell? What's going on? This movie is bonkers. This movie makes no sense. Patrick Swayze knows Kung Fu, I guess, or something. Never really explained. Moves to a, or comes to a small town that apparently he's been to before because he knows like half the people uh, and he's going to clean up the the bar the double deuce you all know the story this is a famous movie mm-hmm. i finally saw it for the first time uh, my mind was blown by this movie i was thoroughly entertained i can see why everyone uh loves it the fact that one of the bad guys just drives around a monster truck as their vehicle that they drive every day <laughs> is mind-boggling <laughs> and great so anyway, I watched Roadhouse. That, that's my weekly recommend. Um, but I'm, it's not really my weekly recommend. What I'm actually going to do is kind of fold that into another recommend, which is I've talked about this website before. It's a great movie website uh, called fthismovie.com. Yeah. And uh, the the guy who runs that website, Patrick Bromley, Bromley also has a, a great podcast as well where they just talk about whatever movie they feel like that week. But anyway, every June they do an event and they call it June exploitation, and the the idea is that uh, they celebrate for the month of June exploitation movies, genre films, cult films, weird movies, trash movies, old movies, low budget movies, um, and this can be action exploitation, like I said, you know, like just any of those uh, old movies, mainly from the 70s and 80s and into the 90s, that fit any of those categories. And so, if you go to uh, fthismovie.com's website, you can find the June exploitation schedule. What they do is they assign a category for every day of the month. And the idea is that you try to watch a movie that fits that category for every day of the month. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you can go on the comment boards and say what you've been watching and talk about it. And sounds super nerdy. It is, but it's also really fun. I don't ever get to participate as much as I want to. I wish I had the time to watch one movie every day. I don't. But uh, I try to get one in whenever I can and then get on the the message boards there and have fun and have a little discussion. Awesome. Check out, yeah, check out June Exploitation. It's a really good time. Uh, what day are you looking forward to the most on June Exploitation? Well, I kind of watched Ro- 
Roadhouse as a way <laughs> to kind of prime myself for the month because it was one I had never seen before. I always love 80s horror day, uh, obviously. Mm -hmm. But uh, this year, one of the days I'm looking forward to the most is there's a day called Robots. Mm. That's the category. So I'm trying to decide what robot themed movie like do i go watch a terminator movie do i do i watch ai do i watch chopping mall which is about robots in the mall that kill everybody yep. <laughs> so this is the fun of june exploitation is you can interpret the category in any way you'd yeah. like so uh, yeah that's what i'm looking forward to nice all right. Sorry, that was kind of long, but uh, I, I, I always like to direct people towards F This Movie. It's a really great... You you turned me on to that podcast yeah. website, and uh, it's become one of my favorites. And it's so all coming full circle. And, yeah, everyone should check it out. It's awesome. So I'm going to recommend this week a podcast from a guest we've had on before, Eric Deutsch. You set us up! It's all bullshit! Who is uh, oh, host yeah. Escape from New York Minute. I'm all caught up so far through Minute 14. I actually would recommend that movie too because uh, over the long weekend one of the things I did was watch Escape from New York uh, Eric Deutsch and Molly Balin host a minute by minute breakdown of the dystopian classic Escape from New York directed by John Carpenter starring Kurt Russell the great Kurt Russell the great Kurt Russell call me snake, call me snake. and I, yeah I watched that movie the other day and just Oh, I was loving it so much. I was going to ask you, did you like it upon your rewatch? Every time I watch Escape from New York, I, I fucking love it, dude. It's so great. It's so yeah, great. I think something I really appreciated this time around was near the beginning when Kurt Russell is piloting the glider. You have this <laughs> yes. awesome, awesome inside <laughs> view of his face. It's all green lit. Yeah. It just looks like the most badass, I don't know, hero shot, you know, from the 80s. It's oh, it's, it's up so there weird. with, with an, a good Arnold face or a good Stallone face is this green hued pilot uh, cockpit face of Kurt Russell, you know, doing what he knows how to do and just taking care of business. When they did those flying scenes with like the green, uh, the green radar or whatever, mm -hmm. they didn't have the money to actually, and like this is early '80s, and they so they didn't have the money to actually like have computer graphics of that happening. So they <laughs> right. actually like made miniatures and painted like the green cross hatches across it and moved the camera through it oh, to geez. make it look like the green was on, like it was a computer screen. Like the the stories behind the making of that movie are, are nuts. Yeah, and like. Like they filmed it in St. Louis in a part of the city that had burned down. Yes. <laughs> they just like lit a bunch of barrels on fire and filmed there for a couple of weeks. Well, for what they said on the uh, the minute show last minute was that there was they didn't have to do a ton of set dressing uh, because uh, that part of St. Louis, East St. Louis, had recently had a big fire and yeah. they hadn't really repaired or cleaned up after that much. So it, it already had a dystopian look and feel about it. <laughs> it was already a dystopian disaster zone. <laughs> it was already post-apocalyptic. <laughs> we, we're done here. We, we did our work. Like, you didn't even do anything. Didn't lie. I just leave. Oh my god, that's funny. So have you been listening to their minutes at all? I listened to a couple, but I need to catch up. Like, I love that movie. I like Eric a lot, but I just, uh, I'm just behind. Mm -hmm. I need to catch up on, uh, on his show because uh, they do a great job there and uh, it's a movie I love, so I, I will get to it. There's a lot of, a lot of good stuff there. Yeah, if you want to um, comment on 
the minute by minute breakdown of Escape from New York, they have a Facebook group called Brains Library, the Escape from New York Minute Hangout. If you want to hop on a Facebook and find a place to chat about Predator Minute, you'll find us at Predator Minute Listeners Palapa. You'll find us on Twitter at Predator Minute. And you can send us your favorite spooky invisibility bad guys um, at PredatorMinute at gmail.com. Yeah, help us out. Yeah, so speaking of Twitter <laughs> and social media, where can people find you, Jeff? Hello, my name is Patches. Has done something wrong with Dinah Kava? Oh, I'm on the Twitters. I'm Carl underscore Hungus 314. Come check me out there. Jeff Glover, I'm on the Twitter. Yeah, come follow. I, I occasionally tweet about things. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. So uh, with that, we will uh, toast... Rick Hawkins once again. R.I.P. Rick Hawkins. Oh, funny side note with that on the Zencast recording today. Um, I thought I was clever when I wrote R.I.P. Hawkins, and then you logged in, <laughs> Jeff, with the username R.I.P. Hawkins. That's fucking crazy. That's, dude. that's, that's fucking crazy. So weird. That's so weird. It's <laughs> the first thing that popped into my head when I saw the box. And dude, that is that's nuts. <laughs> I, I think what I'm going to add. I think it's just a little subtle thing because I can change the image for uh, each week of the Predator Minute podcast oh, yeah. icon. Um, I'm just going to add like some little thing. You'll just have to look forward to that and see what little feature okay. I add to it because it's the group photo of the whole team. And as we lose team members, I'll uh, I'll put something uh, in there to, to pay them some respect. Right. Yeah. Okay. I like it. I like it. All right. So be looking for that at right minute 42. <laughs> cool, man. So for Predator Minute, I'm John Zabriskie. And I am Jeff Glover. And until next time, stick around. Mac! Mac! No!